Tonight's first lesson was from the book of Isaiah. And when I think of Isaiah's prophecy, what comes to mind, first and foremost, is his prophecy of the birth of Christ. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And I think of the wonder of Christmas and the joy that we feel in celebrating a birth. But what Isaiah also prophesies about is the death of Jesus Christ. And he does so, I think, with a greater detail about the gruesomeness of that death than he does about the joy of the birth. He says he was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth like a lamb that was led to the slaughter and like a sheep that before its shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. By a perversion of justice, he was taken away. Who could have imagined his future? For he was cut off from the land of the living, stricken for the transgressions of my people. And in another place, he says, Surely he has borne our infirmities and carried our diseases. Yet we accounted him stricken, struck down by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the punishment that made us whole, and by his bruises we are healed. From my childhood memorization of the Bible, I remember that passage is, by his stripes we are healed. And I was thinking about this today in our earlier service, down in the chapel at noon. The service was similar to what we have today, with a few differences. Um, After the solemn collects, which we will pray uh, here after the sermon, I offered the sacrament of holy unction, otherwise known as anointing. And people come forward for anointing with holy oil, and I lay my hands on them in the name of the church and pray for their healing. Now, there was a time when I was not so keen on this practice because I felt that people abused it. In all of my wisdom, I felt that uh, people were taking this sacrament too lightly. People who weren't really sick were coming up and getting something that was meant for sick people. And if you read the words in the prayer book, they're clearly meant for sick people. Now, In the great Anglican tradition, as articulated by Queen Elizabeth I, I was in grave error because what I was doing was making windows into men's souls. That's a trap that we should not fall into. Oftentimes, we think about sickness as a physical infirmity, something that can be seen or witnessed. But oftentimes, Sickness lies deep within our souls or within our minds. It is something that torments us, something that keeps us awake at night and comes in many different forms. And in the rite that I use, again, down in the chapel, there are a series of priestly prayers which I say to myself as I'm celebrating the Eucharist in between the prayers that are read aloud during the liturgy. 
And in one of those prayers, I pray that in receiving the Holy Sacrament, the body of Christ, that God will heal me unto life everlasting. And one day, you know, you read these prayers over and over again, and sometimes they become rote. And sometimes one or two little words come out and just hit you over the head like a two-by-four. And one day I was saying that prayer like I always do, and I said those words, healing unto life eternal, and it was as if the lights came on. I was confusing healing and curing. And so my mind was expanded and my heart was softened a bit, and I was more open to this practice of the anointing of the sick. And today, as I believe pretty much everyone who was there came forward for anointing, I laid my hands on them and anointed them with oil in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And as I, I said to them, as you are outwardly anointed with this holy oil, so may our Heavenly Father grant you the inward anointing of the Holy Spirit. Of his great mercy, may he forgive you your sins, release you from suffering, and restore you to wholeness and strength. May he deliver you from all evil, preserve you in all goodness, and bring you to everlasting life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. May he restore you to wholeness and strength. One of the things that I couldn't get my mind around in previous times was that. One of the people who came up for healing today was a very elderly man. A man who is clearly advancing in age and declining in health. And it is completely out of the realm of reason that my prayers, even with the holy unction, would restore this man to what I would consider, in my eyes, wholeness and health. But there again, that's where I was so, so wrong. Because what is wholeness and health? Is wholeness and health just feeling good? Is it not having a fever? Is it uh, not having a stomach ache? Feeling healthy, fit as a fiddle? Sure. But what ultimately is wholeness and strength? It is that healing unto life eternal, that final healing, that final healing that we all pray that we go through at the end of our lives. And the reason we hope for this is because of what happened this night, because of what we commemorate right now, that it was Jesus who bore our infirmities and carried our diseases. He was wounded for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the punishment that made us whole, and by his bruises we are healed. And so despite the sad nature of the liturgy tonight, and despite the sad nature of uh, perhaps funerals that we attend, yet we see this strain of joy, the strain of light that cannot be put out, the strain of life that will never be conquered or vanquished because of Jesus Christ's gift of himself once offered. And so though 
He was despised, though he was rejected, though he was held of no account, and though in the old language he had no form or comeliness. Yet, through his gift of himself, he gave us the most precious gift of all, and that is healing, true healing, unto life eternal.